Hello, everybody, and welcome to the True Fans Podcast, a place to talk about football far too much. I'm uh, alongside a, a podcast channel regular now, mate. Uh, Sam Cattell is back for another True Fans Podcast. How are you, mate? All right, thank you. Thanks for having me back again. Oh, no problem, mate. I feel like Tuesday is a True Fans Podcast with Sam. I think that's how I've got to advertise this. You have come back uh, quite a lot. Um, nice Nice to uh, have you back, of course. Um, what we're going to be doing today, obviously, we're going to be talking about transfers, uh, loads of transfer news uh, from last week. We'll also talk about the Europa League last night, Manchester United picking up a 1-0 win. Uh, we'll talk briefly about that, but then we'll, the main part of this uh, podcast, we'll, we will be talking about our own football, as uh, Sam Cattell will be doing his 1-2-11. So, what do you want to start with, mate? What do you think is the best thing to start with? Do you want to talk about last night? Let's talk about last night, then. Let's, let's talk about last night. Uh, Manchester United winning 1-0 um, through Fernandez extra time penalty. Um, the, what, one of the things I do want to talk about Um United put a very, very strong team out last night. Bruno was there, Rashford was there, Martial, Pogba, Maguire, Wampasaka. Um the first question I've really got here is I are they really gunning for this Europa League now? Are they probably thinking we need to end this season with a title and then we can push on uh for next season? Yeah, I think I think they are going for the Europa League, really, because that's the only thing they've got left to play for. Because you could somewhat say it's been a successful season, as they have got top four, considering where they were. And if they get the Europa League, it's just going to add to that, really. Yeah, I'm just looking here at the stats. I mean, you know, they they were playing at FC Copenhagen, you know, with a strong team like Man United have got against an opponent like that. Uh, the man of the match actually was Copenhagen's goalkeeper, Carl uh, Johan. Uh, Johnson um, but you look at these stats here Man U 55 Copenhagen 45 you know shots on target Man United had 14 out of 26 um, you know and stuff like that so you know it did de- they did definitely take Manchester United um, to the to really the wire didn't they um, obviously the penalty do you think it was a penalty Yes and no. I think it was a penalty, but it was one of them really soft ones that maybe you wouldn't see be given for like someone else, like a lower team. Yeah, yeah, that's uh So we've obviously looking at teams in in the uh, in the league. We've got um, you know Wolves have taken Wolves are still in it. Sevilla is still in Inter Milan by Leverkusen. Inter and Shakhtar um, are Manchester United firm favourites for this uh, for this league or for this for this cup. You you would think so, but the way they played last night, seeing as how long it took, took them down to eventually get past the goalkeeper. If you were into Wolves or Sevilla, for example, I don't think you'd be scared of Man United if they if you do that's how they're going to turn up if they played against you. I think it was quite interesting as well because De Gea was on the bench. Bailly played and he's been very, you know, he came on, Lindelof came off, came on for him. So, you know, there's going to be some swap around. You've got this Brandon Williams, yes, he, yeah, yeah, he's young. Uh, Greenwood, he got swapped for Matter in the 90th minute. He's young. Um, 
they they put McTominay on for um, at the end of the game for Martial. Um, do you think? But they were playing against Copenhagen and they just beat one 0 If you're coming up against a team like Inter Milan, who has got some quality players that played in the Premier League, you know, and Wolves, Wolves are you know strong size. Sevilla has always been strong in this league. Do you think they need to make sure they get them wins early and not push them back to um, to extra time? Yeah, you can start yesterday. Copenhagen could have quite easily nicked a goal in normal times to send them through, but with I think they'll have to be a lot better against because Copenhagen, no disrespect, is not like the most, the biggest team that you're going to play against. Yeah. If you come up against an Inter Milan who could put put you three down after 20 minutes, you need to try and secure the, as many goals and possibly secure the win as early as possible. I want an all English final because I think obviously it's a football, as you know, football fans over here, you know, football fans really over here really want, you know, our clubs to win a lot. But I tell you what, mate. It, if it if it's Man U versus Inter Milan, that's going to be such an interesting game, especially because you've got a lot of Man U X players. Ashley Young, Parku, uh, Mkhitaryan is no, he's at Roma, isn't he? He's at Roma. Sanchez, Sanchez sorry, yeah, Sanchez is there as well. So you know, but they have got some absolutely quality um, players. That's going to be a really interesting final, don't you think? Yeah, I, if I was going to put money on anything, I'd probably put Inter Milan to win that quite comfortably, if given how Man United played yesterday. All right, brilliant. So that, that's all we've got um, for the, the game last night. We've got a lot more Europa League stuff and we might uh, talk a lot more about it next week's uh, podcast. We'll move on to transfers here uh, and continuing really with Manchester United. The really main big transfer news here is that Man United will continue their pursuit Jaden Sancho, despite Bruce Dortmund claim the 20-year-old will remain at the club next season. Um, my question here, Sam, is do you believe that uh, Man United should carry on with this or have they got to put their money um, elsewhere and really need to stop this pursuit of, of Jaden Sancho? If they re- I think they should carry on because that's their, I, I believe it was their director of sport that said it. The last two times he said that on big transfers was for Abamyang and Usman Dembele, and they both left a month after he said that, even though they, he told the media and the clubs that were trying to buy them that they would be there next season, but they went a month a, a month after. Okay, that's interesting. So, um, sticking with Manchester United, Inter Milan have identified 30-year-old defender Chris Smalling on loan at Serie A side Roma this season as a transfer target. Do they need Smalling? Do, do you really think that is the big partnership, Maguire and Smalling, or do you think Lindelof and Eric Bailly, depending if Bailly's, you know, will remain fit, will just be enough to, you know, to keep to keep their place? Yeah, I think that would be enough. I think Smalling has shown everyone that he's still got quality, but maybe his quality is better off in the league, such as Serie A, compared to like the high intensity of the Premier League, where he was shown to make mistakes rather regularly. Uh, I think as well it's a little bit like oh you know he's on loan so it's not going to be as bad it looks like they don't want to put money into that defence do you think that they need to or do you think they're putting all of their money on attacking players like Sancho you know they are linked with a lot of other strikers as well yeah with Man United it seems to be that they're trying to enforce the the ways of like as long as you score more then you win but they, I think they also need to realise that 
they also they do need a better defence or better defensive players, I should say. Yeah, I mean you can win games, but in you can win you know, your games against your lowest clubs and you can score them goals. But when you come in, this league is so unpredictable. Where you know. Man, Sheffield United, you know, get them an incredible game this season. And, you know, there's teams like that, which, or, and obviously on the other way, you've got like Liverpool, Man City. Yeah, fantastic. You can score four goals, but you can guarantee that attacking teams like Liverpool, like Man City, will, you know, will go and score five and six. So I do think they need to put a lot of money in. And whether they're, whether they're thinking of bringing Smalling back, that'll be, a, that'll be an interesting signing. I've got some good news for you, though. In terms of your club, Leicester City, here is Chelsea are interested in the sign Ajax and the Argentina left back Nicholas uh, Tagliafico. Does that mean that Chelsea have finished their pursuit of Ben Chilwell? Um, if if that is if they have, if they've changed their priority of left priority of left back to Tagliafico, it's a fifty fifty because eighty million would have been nice. Although I do believe Leicester did lower the valuation to fifty. But then again, yeah. we've still got a, an academy player that's came through and still England's number one left-back in our own club at left-back. Yeah, I think it's quite interesting about that because I watched Nicholas Tagliafico when he was uh, playing for Argentina and he looked a really attacking-minded left-back. Something I believe Chelsea need to do um, with, with within their squad. Um, maybe one player coming into Stamford Bridge uh, in Tagliafico, one of them is looking like he's going to come out of Stamford Bridge and go all the way over to the Emirates as uh, Arsenal are on the brink of completing the signing of uh, midfielder Willian after the 32-year-old Brazilian uh, had a medical. I'm a little when I found that Arsenal were looking to buy Willian, I thought, really? Do they really need him? Uh, I I for sure thought he was going to go probably to the Serie A and abroad. Uh, How do you think Willian's going to fit in the Arsenal team? I think think it's a good signing for him because I know he's not been on on it like this year, but Willian is generally a good player. You can see what he's done for Chelsea. I'd love to see him in a a centre-attacking mid-role instead of a winger. That was the big shock for me especially because you know Pepe yes he's not had the outstanding start but he still has been fantastic uh, at Arsenal in terms of his contribution but then you've got Aubameyang and Lacazette it's it's a little bit like where do you fit them and how do you fit them in in places Aubameyang's going to have to play up front striker main man where does Lacazette go you know Lacazette looks like he might be going out of the club will Will they lose that sort of creativity? There's a lot of decisions here, which I think Arteta needs to say, right, this is my strong 11 and you go out there and play um, for, you know, where I want you to play. So, yeah, this is... Um, I think Arsenal, if they pay the money and they get some big players in here and work out their system, I think Arsenal could be a, an underdog. I really do believe that. Uh, going into next season. And then the final bit of news here on the transfers before we get into Sam's uh, 1-11 is that Chelsea have agreed a five-year contract with Leverkusen and German forward Kai Havertz but have been told the 21-year-old will cost £90 million. Uh, We won't focus on Kai Havertz. We'll focus on this question though, Sam. Chelsea, incredible midfielders. They do have a really, really good midfield. You know, Kante is more of a holding midfielder. You've got Barkley, you've got Mount, you've got Loftus-Cheek. 
first of all, will Kai Havertz be better than any of them? And who's going to leave Stamford Bridge this this season? Because they Lampard can't play all of them midfield midfield players in at one go. Um, I saw a thing the other day. Leicester are being linked with bringing Kante back to the King Power as Lampard's trying to raise funds to be able to buy uh, Havertz. So let, I'd, I'd, honestly, I'd love that to happen, but I don't know. I, I sort of think indeed he's a bit. Because he's younger, but he's also been better like the last couple of seasons. So I don't know if there's been any point. Yeah, um, I think. Uh, yeah, go on. And um, the only other midfield I could see closely was probably Kovacic and Jorginho and Jorginho in a holding role, maybe. Yeah, I think. Yeah, fair enough. If you're going to make the funds for Havertz, he looks a very exciting player. But you know, and I think Leicester fans, you know, will not say, "Oh, you abandoned us, don't come back." I think I, I can see it working. And the reason why I can see it working is I think Leicester's going to have to really change their system up next season. I don't know whether you agree, uh, but just <laughs> hear hear me out. Uh, I think if they bring Kante back, or if not, and they have Chowdhury, Chowdhury indeed is these holding midfielders then I think you've got to have a lot of support for um, Vardy. Yes, he's incredible, won the golden booting like that. But I think a 4-2-3-1 with Ndidi and possibly Kante or Chowdhury as a holding midfielders. Perez on the right, Gray or Barnes on the left. I'd prefer Barnes because I prefer him as a player. He just needs to work on his crossing a little bit. Madison and then Vardy. Just have that support for Vardy because like we spoke about a couple of weeks ago, um, on on this podcast Vardy needs a lot more support in attacking because he is getting older and stuff and stuff like that but I, I honestly believe that they, Leicester can play with two holding midfielders so Kante I think will be a welcome if I was Leicester I'd be a really really welcome sort of addition to make him as two really solid holding midfielders what do you think about that? Yeah but I think I'd, I'd, I'd love him to come out, like I said, but I think he'd go to like PSG or somewhere. Yeah. If he's going to go anywhere, I'd probably put money on, money on him going PSG. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. And also, my club as well made a great transfer, a left back. Um, the, we, we were supposed to sign him. Were you? Were yeah, you? We were in for him first, then you t- took him off as the Greek left back. Yes, yes, the Greek, yeah, the Greek left back. Um, uh, here we go. I've just found it using a uh, BBC Sport here as my source. So Kostas uh, Tiskamas. I've probably said that wrong. Olympiakos Liverpool for eleven point seven million. Um, I'm really happy about that. Um, looks young. Looks, you know, so as a uh, good quality. And uh, yeah, I think we do need. I think because. Liverpool have such a high pressure of football and really sort of work and stuff. You know, players like Robertson, Trent, you know, Trent stuff like that on his left back and right back. Yeah, they go up and down. I think when they get tired, Milner can play left back, but he's not getting any any younger, even though he's an incredible player. Um, so I think this is good. I think we need to get these sort of sort of second team sort of players and, and give him more options for Klopp. So uh, yeah, were you a little bit Annoyed that you didn't complete that signing, or are you, or are you not not fussed? I was more surprised, and I think I was more surprised because I thought the signing you'd make, or maybe the next big signing you make, I think it's got to be either it's got to be a right back because in the next couple of years, I can I can just see Henderson like coming up the pace, 
and then Trent moving into a centre mid role. Then you yeah. want it right back to. Yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe because you don't want to um, sort of, you know, wait too long. Uh, probably get them into the system, get them into the system early. Uh, but you know, you think about, you know, I like these signings because they're going to be good. You know, like Minamino, we didn't really need Minamino, but he was a, he was a nice sort of um, addition. I think he was a nice sort of person to 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 include. And uh, but I really do believe that Liverpool need to pay some big money on a centre back and somebody that will work with what. Work with work with Van Dijk because I really believe that Liverpool really need to strengthen sort of their defence a little bit, and then because I think our like we spoke about Man U, our attacking uh, a really big quality. So that so that's it for transfers. Um, so basically, guys, if you don't know what a one to eleven is, a one to eleven is basically an idea that Sky Sports gave up where. Uh, professional players who are still playing now, but also legends as well, pick 11 players that they played with uh, in their careers. Uh, so I thought, why don't we do it here? Me and Sam both played together um, as well. He's played at the same club for all of his career. You know, he was in, he was incredible server for for his team um, growing up. So Sam, have you? This has this been tough because you've been struggling to kind of see what players to leave out, what players not to. Yeah, it's also been tough trying to remember which players since it's been like a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. So is it, is it kind of like when you put somebody in and go brilliant, and then you think, oh yeah, him. So it's a, it'll be really interesting to see. More importantly, I'm interested to see if whether I get put in, but that, but that's not the real main focus here. Uh, so we spoke off podcast a four three three. Is your four three three like a holding midfielder or three sort of centre bids along <laughs> alongside or? I think I'm just going to go like three. Actually, I think I'll go two DMs. Maybe. Do you want to do a DM, a centre mid, and a. An attack. We can do. We can do. Whatever fits in your system. Whatever fits in your system, mate. So, uh, all right. Well, we'll obviously, we'll start with the goalkeeper. Who have you put in in, in between the sticks? I went with the. This was one of the first teams I played for the size, and there was a guy called Kai. Okay. Kai Knox, I believe his name was. Yeah. He was a brilliant uh, goalkeeper. But was he also a little bit, because you were young as well, he was one of the players who kind of stepped up, went in goal and, you know, was a really good sort of player. Yeah, yeah. He, he was one of them weird players that loved getting hit. <laughs> right, so... Oh, so you to shut the... You, you've had some experience in goal you had to, uh, yourself, haven't you? So it's, you know... Yeah. So, you know, you kind of know what a goalkeeper, the pressure you must go under. I don't, I, I don't think I'll ever get the gloves on. I'm not really the best goalkeeper. So, right back, who are you going to put in right back? I was debating, because I played towards the end of my career at Arsenal. I've played as a wing back. So, yeah. I, I'm, I'm trying to think, I think I might go with Riley. Okay, yeah. He was good pace, bombing it down the wing. Yeah. Always got love to challenge. He was one of these as well who he was one of the right backs who didn't like to venture forward. He was a defender and he knew that his role was a defender and stuff like that. Yeah, great character, wasn't he, as well in, in sort of the dressing room and, and but yeah, a great player as well. A really solid right back. Uh your two centre halves, uh, who are you gonna go for your first oh, centre half? Put myself as put myself as one of them. Uh, you know what, I've got this 
chosen 11 here which is a nice thing to put the team in I'm also going to put you with a big with a big C there as well for captain so Sam is captain of your own team um, you just want to play with these incredible players and then I think I'll go with uh, Thomas Thomas uh, Evans, I think. yeah uh, talk to me about Tom you played alongside him uh, what was he like as a centre after playing with he was one of the players that actually enjoyed to play with. He'd love to put a tackle in. And honestly, I think more, more people were scared to put a tackle in against him because they probably would have came out with an injury. He was one of these as well who was so confident with his head. Really, really confident with his head. And he played striker when I first joined uh, Syston. And then, you know, that idea of moving him back, you know, you thought, oh, is he really going to want to to play there but yeah a really solid centre half he really came into his own there and was vice captain as well wasn't he for our for our most successful team though who's then who is left back uh, this is a guy called Kieran Grudgins oh, brilliant phenomenal left foot bombing it down scored a few uh, crosses or shots as he would like to say yeah that... pleasure to play with him that 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 was sort of my sort of trademark was uh yeah, I was sort of like was it a cross, was it a, a shot? I think I did that I think I did that a couple of times. But yeah, no, I was I wasn't really a left back, I was more of a left wing. Um and stuff like that, but obviously due to other players uh, uh moved back there. So I'm really happy I got really glad I got put in the team. Very very with to like the wards at the end of it, I think we started to play with with either three at the back. We we started playing more with wing backs. I love I love playing wing back, you know. Yeah, I saw that just bombing up and down the wing, supporting the sort of attack as well. I think we have such such creative midfielders, really creative midfielders. So it was really successful. And then at the end, it was such a system which we had to get used to, but then also not a lot of people use. We got used to. So yeah, really look. At, thank you very much for putting me in the team. Really appreciate it. I'm not paid him. I'm not paid him to do it. I promise, I promise. Everybody's going to be thinking, hang on a minute. But uh, yeah, who's your first holding midfielder? Oh, this is where I start to forget people. Um, briefly, I think it was Harrison Dealey that used to play CDM. Yeah. And he's in just, a, it's just another one that loved to tackle and could actually, he could ping a ball. Yeah, I was surprised you didn't put him in goal, actually. He was a goalkeeper for a lot of the time I played at Syston. Um Yeah, but I can remember him playing sort of a holding midfielder at the beginning. And he was one of them who was such a protector of the back four. You know, he wasn't, you didn't think, oh, hang on a minute, Harrison's at the edge of the box. And so he he really did protect that back four. And I think that was one of the reasons why we did, why uh, we leaked so few goals, because he it was a bit of a back five, yet. Yeah you know, instead of a back four. So, yeah, great player. Uh, captain as well, of course, for a lot of uh, our time there. Well, my time there especially. Um, yeah, great player. Uh, moving forward then into midfield, you can sort of do centre-mid cam, whoever, but um, who's your next one? Centre-midfield is the, the little man Spencer, oh. Mini and Esther. One of the best passes of all I've ever played with. And one of the best dribblings as well. It was like a little Tiago. He was, yeah. I mean, you know, his height was obviously something we always, I think, was a little bit like, oh, I got a minute. You know, he's really small, but what a player, first of all. You know, you know, like you said, fantastic passer. Uh, obviously, moved. He moved into the right back at the end, but again, still. So, so effective of his passing and stuff like that. But yeah, he was a very, very creative midfielder and always looked 
even it might not be in the game all the time, but he just did one or two, you know, little things in the game that was so was so effective. Um, moving into the final set, so is this your cam? Is this your attacking midfielder for this one? This this is the one where I can't. Str- I'm struggling to think of someone to put in. Okay. Uh, I'm trying to think who. I'm trying to remember who played. Was, yeah, I think we've had a we've had a lot of midfielders. I don't think with our formation we ever played with like a cam. We always played like flat flat like two or three. There was yeah. So maybe you could do another centre midfielder if you want, and we could have like a free. Go with someone from my the team before we played together. There's a guy called Charlie. Okay. I had one of the best left foots on him I've ever seen. Ping a ball in, could put a ball on your feet. At the age of like seven or eight, whenever it was, we were playing without even yeah. looking. One of the wow, the person that he's probably the second best left foot I've ever seen. The first, the first is in a more of attacking role, but yeah, but <laughs> good, good shooting, good, good guy, all round guy. Brilliant. Okay, so he play. He finishes the midfield, and then we have got the three attackers. Uh, we'll start with the left winger. Uh, somebody will play in front of me. Who who are you uh, who are you playing uh, on the left? This is another one. Did we? Did we? Because you played. Do you know when we played five at the back with wing backs? Yeah. Did we use? Who did we use as a winger? We didn't because we played like sort of like a five-three-two. Um, yeah, we sort of had the really you know two of fantastic strikers, which I'm interested to see who you put there. In a in a tap, but yeah, when we played four four two, we we were quite old fashioned when we played four four two or four three three. Um, when we played four four two, who did we play left back? Lew- uh, me, and ah, then it was Lewis. Yeah, hang on, I'll change that. I'll put him at left back, and I'll put you up to left wing because that's where you primarily did play. Thank you. Yeah, no, I did. I was one of them sort of attack, very attacking. Uh, he did play more left back, but I think you got to put him in. Um, so yeah, he was a long sort of teammate of yours. Um, what was Lewis like to play with? He was good. He he was one of them people that I think he was quite the opposite of most of us, but not in a bad way. Just like he'd, he'd make a tackle, but then he wouldn't go like the full extent. So maybe he'd lose the ball a few times, but he wore, wore his heart asleep and he put everything in for the team. All right, so he plays left out. I moved up to left winger, uh, right winger. Who are you going to play right on the right side? Uh, there was this. I don't know if you ever played with me. We have a guy called Saeed. Uh, yes, I think I played one game with him. And he phenomenal. He, he's like, you can tell he's good because current, I believe he's still currently playing in Burton Academy. Wow, brilliant. Yeah, got, got to play. Yeah, skillful as anything. Maybe, did, did he leave, leave Sarston for? Uh, I believe so, yes. Maybe a little yeah. bit selfish at some times, but nowadays you have to be selfish to get where you want. Yeah, yeah, and then who's leading the line? Who's who's the main man, goal scorer, uh, and finishing off your team? I think we both know this one. Harrison, aka Mara, the yeah. strongest left foot I've ever seen. Of it. I've never seen a goalkeeper so scared to try and save a shot from him. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, absolutely fantastic. One of the best strikers I played with, not the best player, because I'm, I'm going to reveal somebody that I believe you should have put in, um, in this team. But yeah, what a goal scorer! And um, again, a little bit selfish, but strikers were. And the fact because we played with a four-three-three, he thought right, I'm the only striker in this team, and he did. I mean, 
his goals were incredible. Um, he's uh, yeah, really nice lad as well, and was very sort of the life and soul, wasn't he? The the, the dressing room, and uh, yeah, it was a big miss when he didn't play when he, he was injured and stuff like that. One of the players I was surprised you didn't put in, and this is a player, everybody asked me, um, they said, oh, who's the best player you've ever played with? I always say him, Joe Pike. Where... Oh, yeah. That's the one that could have gone in the attacking role. Yeah. I saw him, I saw yeah. him the other week as well. That's, that's just a bit weird now. I forgot, how long did he play for? Was like a year or two? He played for a season, didn't he? He played for a season. Um yeah, I mean, what a player! You know, he he was. I I was very very surprised he didn't get picked up at an academy, and and stuff like that. He, and I can always remember the game we played, um, at a final we played because we won the league. We got to the final of the League Cup and County Cup, and we lost the County Cup, and then the the league, um, the League Cup we we were playing. And he scored a hat-trick and that is probably the best performance I've ever seen in the Sison shirt. Absolutely fantastic. Yeah, what a player. Uh, and finally, he's, um, uh, for a bit of a comedic reason, uh, who are you putting as your manager? Who's leading? Who's uh, the big man leading this team? Manager Stu. Stu Dealing. Yeah. Yeah, incredible manager. Uh, quite harsh on us, but yeah. we got playing. We've got to play an incredible... Yeah, we made... He did such an incredible contribution. Um, and also, best assistant manager. Here we go, best assistant. I'll have to go with Phil Gridgen. Uh... There, there we go, there we go. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was... Uh... Was hard on us, hard on me, but that, but that was that, that was different. But um, yeah, absolutely fantastic. So, uh, all right then, pal. Well, that is it for the True Fans podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you guys like that idea of doing a one to eleven, I, I, I might, I might do it. Um, I might do it next week, and we'll see if our teams are similar or not. Uh, once again, thank you so much for Sam for joining me. Uh, we'll obviously try and do these. Uh, every week as well please check out my uh, other podcast that's available now on spotify and over here on anchor um sam shout out your socials for people who want to know a little bit more about uh sam Cattell. go on it's just a snapchat use mainly it's just easy sam.cp23 thank you there we go fantastic absolutely fantastic and uh yeah check me out on uh my main Instagram here for all my podcast stuff, FRC underscore podcast. And if you guys want to join us on one of these uh, True Fans podcasts, you can as well. Same Instagram, just send me a message and follow me over there. It is free, so you can do that as well. Uh, thank you so much, Sam, for that. Much appreciated. Thanks for having me on. No problem, mate. No problem. Uh, I don't know what the next podcast will be about, but I know it'll be something that you love. See you in a bit.